Next on BYU Sports Nation, we've talked about the gauntlet, but what about the other six? What will the Cougars' record be in those? When you want to talk college football, you go to Brett McMurphy. That's exactly what we've done. He will join us on the show today. What does he expect from BYU this year? Plus, how would you sell the rivalry of BYU and Utah to the new Utah Athletic Director? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. What is good? BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Tuesday, June 12th. I'm Jerem Jordan. Spencer Linton is converting his CDs into digital files. So I'm teamed up with a man who is a regular listener of the 90s station on Sirius XM, Jason Shepard. That is true. I do enjoy some 90s on 9. Truth be told, however, if I had my druthers, I'm not 100% sure what a druther is. Yeah, I, I know, know that's either. the saying. I actually would be going with the 80s on 8. More than the 90s? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You love the 80s. I do. 80s TV shows, movies, There music, is no other decade. Clothes. Yes, my parachute pants, you can't see them right now. Uh, <laughs> there is no other decade that is more pop culture than the 80s. It, it, it's, it doesn't exist. The NBA was great in the 80s. Mm-hmm. I would argue that in the 90s, it was, it was awesome as well. I, w- I would agree with that, yes. A fun time. I enjoy the 90s music as well. The dream of the 90s is alive in Portland, by the way. <laughs> Oh, if, really? If you're a fan of Portlandia, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, the the pilot, the first episode of that, there's a song about that, mm-hmm. and then the, meaning 1990s, and then uh, the next season they did the 1890s. <laughs> Everybody tells me I got to watch the show. I have not watched. I don't Portlandia. know. I don't know if you have to watch that show. No, there's some funny moments. It's more like like you used to have to watch full episodes of Saturday Night Live. It's like now the, it's just like sketches yes. occasionally. Now you just I go think to Portlandia, YouTube. Yeah, you just exactly. Like are you watching full, you know, late night talk shows now? No, you're grabbing like the YouTube video of whatever cuz you can consume what you want when you want. Kind of like this show. We put it out on uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. You can watch what you want when you want. Lots to discuss, so let's rise and shout. It's time for what's trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. All right, we've made a big deal of the six games on the BYU schedule. We've deemed the gauntlet in the spirit of Infinity War, okay? The five Power 5 games, four of which are on the road, plus Boise State, also on the road. But there are six other games on the schedule, Jason, in McNeese State, Utah State, Hawaii, Northern Illinois, UMass, and New Mexico State. Jason, what's the chance BYU goes undefeated in the other six non-gauntlet games? This is what's fascinating to me about this conversation. One year has changed how we view the schedule. We yeah. Were ha- we were having this discussion yesterday. In years past, it was an absolute given that in games like we're talking about, like these other six, we would all say, well, BYU wins them all. Of course BYU's going to win all these games. Yet after a 4-9 and nine season, we all kind of pause and say, well, uh, I don't know. A possibility. A door yes. opened that hadn't <laughs> been opened. We so didn't now think we that go, was oh, possible. that door can open. And we so, didn't know that. So we take, we take, this, we take this one year... And it seemed, and granted, it's recency bias. It should be. It was recent. But we, we have this one year, and it seems to overshadow decades of what BYU has done. So I, I'm not going to let one year override what BYU has been capable of year in and year out. I'm going to say 
I'm going to say 80%. BYU should absolutely be able to win these games. Could there be a hiccup? Well, of course there could be. But the Cougars should win those games. I'm going 80%. You and Spencer keep arguing this. Like, well, BYU hasn't done this recently. Listen, if your 13-year-old punches your 6-year-old in the face but had never done that. Were you that, at my house last night? Now you, <laughs> now you think that that could happen. Like, why would you ignore the past when, like, yes, it's a possibility. It doesn't mean it's going to happen. You'd be naive to think that it's not a possibility, though, right? So, I, recency bias is, is legit for a reason. Okay, considering how five of those games are at home, of the six, I'd say 75%. I'm close to your number. I'm confident in all of those games that BYU wins, except for Northern Illinois. I think that's a tougher game than BYU thinks. Three seasons ago, the Huskies were coming off a 12-11 and 11 win year. Like, this is a program that at times in the MAC can play. They led the MAC in scoring defense last year. They won 8-plus in four of the last five. Quality program if BYU runs the table in the non-gauntlet games or even goes 5-1 and one and gets a game or two in the gauntlet. Now we're talking. There's the bowl game if you can win all six non-gauntlet. And then if you uh, get a game or two in the gauntlet games, you're overachieving at that point. I'm hoping BYU wins one gauntlet game of those six. One. If they win two, I'm over the moon, man. Look, when you just focus, forget the gauntlet games, the, the other games. I can't. I know you can't. What are your thoughts? Too tough of a schedule? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, we don't have time. <laughs> but you, you look at these games. I agree with you that the, the Northern Illinois game is probably tougher than people think it will be. But you, all of those games, BYU should absolutely be favored in those games. At, ho- at well, home? Well, if they're one and three, maybe not. BYU huh? should win all of those games. That's now, that different doesn't mean, than being favored. That doesn't mean that they will, but they absolutely should. And I think they're going to be favored in the majority they're of They're going those. to have to show that they deserve to be a, a favorite. Right now, they don't. The school that shall not be named hired a new athletic director last week. His you, name is Mark know. Harlan. He was at South Florida previously. He takes over for the good doctor, Chris Hill. Uh, Harlan was asked about the rivalry because, of course, anytime a BYU uh, athletic director or a Utah athletic director is interviewed, they want to ask about the other school. And when asked about the rivalry with BYU, uh, Mark Harlan said, quote, I just got to learn more about the rivalry, learn more of what were some of the nuance changes when they separated in league play. Tom will be great to get the BYU perspective, and I want to learn from the Utah side, but I love rivalries. I love them, end quote. So, Jerem, how would you best sell the BYU-Utah rivalry to the new Utah athletic director? First of all, I think they should put it on Facebook Live and charge 10 bucks to be able to watch it. I think they'd make some money. Uh, from the Utah perspective, you could argue it's an automatic win in this decade. <laughs> That's been the sad truth, right? I hope that changes quickly. It's of great interest to the Ute fan base, even if they want to act like they're bigger and better uh, on certain ventures than the individual game with Utah. Listen, we may not be in the same conference. We're still bros. Don't forget. It's a quality non-conference game for Los Utes. Uh, it's of national interest as a top 10 rivalry. Uh, it's generally on national television, ESPN, ESPN2, or Fox, okay? There's interest from the nation as evidenced by what channel it's on consistently. Uh, the history is rich. Why not play this game? What other game could you regularly schedule that is even close to the context that this game provides? The interest level for— Don't tell me Colorado. The, 
It is their new rival. <laughs> the interest level is like no other game that either will play. It's just not. That, that Unless is, Utah's playing for the division championship, which they have yet to But that hasn't win. happened yet. This, yeah. the, the interest level is through the roof on both sides. These schools are 45 miles away. The fan bases live next to each other. It splits family allegiances. That's is, in my family. It is so unique that way. The games are always close. And no, I'm not even remembering the 54-10 loss. It didn't even happen. Uh, and it's a good game to have on both schedules. It is, a, it is a game that both can benefit from for having the other team on. Look, and it's always been played. For the most part, there's no reason to stop. And from the Utah perspective, BYU's the team that Ute fans know the most about. Why would they not want to play them? Half the, yeah, they half, know more about BYU than yeah. they do about their own team. That's not true. Uh, from the Utah perspective, I understand why it might not matter as much uh, as it does to BYU. But it certainly matters to both. And Mark Harlan, we know you're watching. We know you're probably a regular viewer. <laughs> Let's play this game forever, okay? Let's just sign a forever deal. College football insider Brett McMurphy, who will join the program in about 10 minutes, reported yesterday the NCAA's competition committee is expected to add three bowl games in 2020, bringing the total to 43 bowl games, including the college football playoff title, meaning 84 teams, a.k.a. 65% of the 130 FPS teams will play in a bowl game. Jason, are more bowl games in college football a good thing for the Brigham Young? Look, uh, I've said this before. I feel very strong about this. I hate adding more bowl games. Tell me how you really feel. I, I really despise the idea of adding it. But to answer the question as it was asked, is it a good thing for BYU football? Well, of course it is. If you're looking at it from a specific school's perspective, it's always more beneficial to have more options for a bowl game. So if you're BYU, yeah, it's a good thing if there are more options and more possibilities to go to a bowl game. Bigger picture, however, I just do not like adding bowl games at all. It cheapens the postseason, in my opinion. If everyone and their grandma gets to go to a bowl game, there's nothing special about it. What do you have against my grandma? I have nothing against it. She gets to go Leave to a bowl game. Leave out of this. She gets to go to a bowl game. I, I, I just don't like it. Well, what is the postseason, Jason? Is it, uh, is it a big tournament? No, it's not. It's just a bunch of exhibitions. So I say, yes, it helps BYU. At this point, bowl eligibility is a baseline, okay, for a successful season. If you don't make a bowl, you stink, okay? Since when, since when by the way, is winning or doing half of something successful? Do half the honey-do list on a Saturday and see what your wife says. Tell me if that's successful, okay? <laughs> I say why not to more bowl games. I know it dilutes the product, but what's the product? Or what's the postseason? It's just a bunch of exhibitions. So why that's not? what it's turned into. It's, yeah. Didn't used to be that way. Right. But it, it used to be something special. It was special. But now it's, yeah. Well, there's money. Like, this could add money to BYU's program. Like, they can make money off this. So why say no to something that's certainly being independent and having the ESPN contract? Why not? Like, why not? Also, isn't the aim of the program exposure and access? Wouldn't this help in that? You're going to be in an ESPN Bowl. You're probably going to play in a place you haven't played in in a while. There, to me, that's nothing but positive. To add more bowl games, obviously BYU's got to win at least half their games to get to a bowl game. Yesterday in our production meeting, as we like to do quite a bit, we, we discuss our favorite BYU athletes. Certainly, athletes. athletes. Uh, certainly, those conversations typically center around football and basketball, for the most part. But we got onto something a little bit different yesterday. So I'm going to ask you, Jerem, who's your favorite non-football or basketball BYU athlete? As a 16-year-old, uh, I would drive down to the Smithfield house, and I would watch this six foot one, 
Puerto Rican player with a fro named Asi Antonetti. As the 1999 men's volleyball team won its first national championship, this guy was a high-flying lefty who was so fun to watch, huge personality, and as BYU won the national title, it was so fun to watch this guy in person. And that's kind of where my love of BYU men's volleyball started. Lucky enough to have the past 10 years called the games for this team. Um, Ossie Antonetti is my homeboy, dude. I love Ossie. Also, covering Taylor Sander was an extremely fun time. Obviously, his brother Brendan and that entire team. Taylor, huge success with Team USA now. Olympian, bronze medalist. Uh, It was very fun to cover Taylor. So, I'm going off the radar men's volleyball with Ossie Antonetti and Taylor Sander. I'm going off the radar because this one I'm pretty sure is going to surprise you because you know me. I, I'm I'm not a golfer. I'm not a golf fan. I, I don't I don't like golf. You don't do the golf. I don't do the golf. I'm going with Mike Weir. Masters champ. Masters champ in 2003. It was always a cool thing to see a prominent athlete in the spotlight and to know that he was a, a BYU Cougar. As I just mentioned, it's a former Cougar winning the 2003 Masters. It was awesome. And even though he's from Canada, he's Canadian. I know Greg Rubel somewhere is going, Canadian. He said Canadian out loud. He did. He didn't know why. He just <laughs> immediately said Cana- Canadian. Uh, even though he's from Canada, we, at least locally here, we always referred to him as a local guy. He was an All-American at BYU, one of the best golfers on the PGA Tour. It was always cool to know that Mike Weir, when everybody was talking about how great of a golfer he was, to know he was a BYU Cougar. It is fun to see Cougars rep at the next level. We'll tell you uh, a little bit about Fred Warner in the news as well coming up. Okay, our question of the day, how would you sell the BYU versus Utah rivalry to the new Utah Athletic Director? Let's go to the voice of the nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Art Director BYU, what's up, Greg? Do you like to sell tickets? <laughs> sold out stadiums. Granted, Rice Eccles has been sold out for a long time. Uh, they need to expand that stadium, though. It's sub 50. Let's go. How about this on Instagram? Slim with the tilted brim. Very nice. Do you work at a local uh, security system establishment? <laughs> Uh, Slim with the tilted brim says, it's bigger than you, exclamation point. Don't mess it up. It is bigger than any individual. It is bigger than any men's basketball coach who didn't want to play it. It is bigger than any dictator in a foreign country who started a world war and stopped (laughs) many rivalries, right? Like, it's bigger than that. Absolutely. Weigh in using Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. More of your responses coming up. Coming up, speaking of that, a Father's Day edition of Between the Lines. Can't wait. And college football insider Brett McMurphy, why the NCAA wants to add three more bowl games. This is BYU Sports Day. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU football media today just around the corner coming up on Friday, June 22nd on BYU TV and BYU Radio. We will have the state of the program. Two hours of BYU Sports Nation plus Cougars in the NFL, a special it's a very special day on BYU TV and BYU Radio, BYU Football Media Day. Week and a half away, baby. Welcome back. This is BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio, which will have programming on Football Media Day as well. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Our question of the day, how would you sell the BYU versus Utah rivalry to the new Utah Athletic Director, Mark Harlan? Tammy Wilson on Facebook. Tradition! In all caps, three exclamation points. It is a tradition. 
And when like any it other? wasn't played for a year, well, it's not the Masters, but yes, <laughs> it is. It is rich that way. Uh, it needs to be played, and obviously on the BYU side, uh, it needs to be played. And then the Vegas Bowl hooked BYU up with the game and what we thought would be year two of an absent rivalry, and said it was just a one-year break. Continue to weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Much more of your responses coming up. Now joining us, college football insider Brett McMurphy, who's been on the program a few times on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Brett, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. You're obviously not a fiddler in the roof, fiddler on the roof fan, or you would have sang tradition, but uh, good to be back with you guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you feel so inclined uh, during this interview to do that, you're more than welcome. Absolutely. Um, let's ask you our question of the day. Uh, Utah is a new uh, athletic director. The hope is that BYU and Utah will continue to play in football. That's the expectation, but who knows? How would you sell the BYU versus Utah rivalry to Mark Harlan? Well, actually, I know Mark very well. Um, he was down here in Tampa at USF, where I still uh, reside. I have not had the opportunity to ask him about the BYU rivalry, but next time I talk to him, I certainly will. We'll do that and try to tweet it out if it's on the record. Um, you know, the challenge, obviously, for for BYU is that Utah can look at this as a, a can't-win game. If they win the game, well, they were supposed to because BYU's not in a power conference. And if, if Utah wins, um, you know, it's – excuse me, if Utah wins, there's nothing they can gain out of it other than bragging rights. But if Utah loses, it actually hurts them more. So – um, you know, I can see both sides of this. Certainly, I hope these things continue because that's the thing I hate about conference realignment is, you know, great rival, rivalries like this and uh, West Virginia and Pitt, Texas and Texas and Texas A&M, I'm going forever, have uh, have stopped or, or ended because of uh, conference realignment. So I hopefully I think I hope they keep this thing going along. Brett, what's been the biggest offseason college football story in your opinion? Well, I think it's a no-brainer. I think, can the national champs repeat? Can UCF win another national title? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know necessarily, but I think the thing, obviously there's been a lot of talk about the graduate transfer rule, what's going to happen with that, different things, which I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Kind of from a bigger picture, what I'm most looking forward to this year is, is – is Michigan. Um, Jim Harbaugh, the expectations are sky high again. Uh, Vegas has Michigan, I think, in the top five as far as best odds to win the national title, and he still hadn't finished higher than third in the division. Is this the year they finally break through? He's got Shea Patterson at quarterback. You know, is he finally going to deliver on those expectations? And also, there's just a lot of fascinating new coaches across the country. I mean, Herm Edwards, I know him well from my days at ESPN. Freaking love the guy. He is tremendous. I hope he succeeds at Arizona State, but that's going to be fun to watch. Chip Kelly at UCLA. Um, can he renew the magic he had at Oregon? Um, or is quite simply has a lot of schools and defenses caught up with what he did, which was kind of a, he was ahead of the game there. And uh, a guy that worked with Chip at Oregon, Scott Frost. He goes to Nebraska, the alma mater. You know, talk about big expectations there, but I think they'll give him a long leash there. And uh, certainly if he succeeds, I think he'll be there a very, very long time. Brett, BYU's coming off a 4-9 and nine season. Vegas has the Cougars right around five, five and a half wins this upcoming season. What's your opinion on this upcoming BYU football team? You know, I, obviously it's, there's a reason um, 
they have all those big buildings in Vegas. But I think I think that the win totals pretty pretty accurate because it's right. I think where it should be. Uh, I don't think BYU is would get to eight wins. I don't think they're going to be around three or four wins. I think they'll be in that five, six, seven range. You know, when you look at the schedule, you know. It, by the way, did, did BYU join the Pac-12 since we talked last? I'm looking at their schedule. We wish, four, Brett. Four or five, yeah, four or five games against the Pac-12. And then you got Boise, who's you know considered, if not the top, one of the top two uh, group of five teams this year. Um, so you look at those games, and you know, pretty much they're probably going to be an underdog in all those games. So you're looking at being an underdog off the bat in, in half of your games right away. So if you don't pull off any upsets, then you've got to run the table in the games you're supposed to win to get to a bowl game. Uh, certainly last year, I think was it was a step backward. You know, as you guys know, those know this a lot better than I did. Um, you know, the struggles offensively hurt. Um, you know, it's just you know BYU's in a tough position, and uh, you know I know they they made the move to being an independent. When they made the move, I thought it was a smart move, but then it just conference realignment happened like overnight, and all of a sudden it it made the the sledding tougher for BYU as an independent. And I just wonder, I've really never had a chance to ask any of the players this. You guys may have or, or may somewhere down the road. Just kind of what their mindset is for the season, because basically it's national title or bust. Um, because if you, if you get the six wins, if you get the 10 wins, you're going to go to the same bowl game, um, whatever bowl game that's going to be. Um, and so there, there really isn't that incentive of a conference championship um, certainly, it's not it's not realistic for probably 125 schools to think they have a chance to win the national title. So once you lose that second game, you know that's no longer a carrot dangling out there. So I think that's one of the biggest challenges. And you know, last year every every team has their down years, and obviously that was one for BYU last year. The key though now is for them to bounce back and then obviously get back into the postseason. Brett McMurphy, uh, college football insider, is on BYU Sports Nation. Yeah, conversations with some of the former players, Brett, is, is right there. It's like, yeah, once we lost that second game, it was like, well, what now? And none of the current players will really weigh on, in on it, honestly, but former players have said as much. And I've thought this about the schedule, and, and our fan base is probably getting me tired of going to this, but I feel like the schedule is just too tough for BYU. If BYU doesn't finish ranked, I'm not sure that they can be quantifiably relevant. So why not, instead of play five to seven power fives, why not play three or four, uh, and then three or four good G5s, and then three or four winnable games uh, at that point? Is there any street cred for BYU if they play this tough schedule, but they they don't win enough? Yeah, I mean, there may be, but street cred's not worth anything, to be honest. I mean, you're either in a college football playoff or you're not. That's the reality of college football now. And obviously, when beat with BYU scheduling up like that, if they win those games, then they have a shot to get to college football playoff. If they lose those games, then they have no shot. And then, like you mentioned when you're talking with past players, once you lose that second game, there's no incentive as far as, well, you know, if we win more games, we're going to go to to a better bowl game. It it every school that's in a conference, you know, you know that if you win nine games, you're going to go to a better location than if you win six games. Um, but with BYU being an independent and having to secure their their bowl games before the season or having ESPN help them out, um, it it really doesn't matter if they're six and six 
or they're nine and three or ten and two. They're they're going to the same location. Um, you know, I I I give them credit for trying to schedule up, schedule as many tough games as they can. But you know, you look at this year, and it's like, you know, I hope I hope you guys stay healthy because after the first five weeks, if you guys get beat up, you know, I don't know what you're going to have left for the the second half of the season. The good news is, the second half of the season's a lot a lot easier than the first half. But that you know, you guys could argue you have the toughest uh, you know September stretch of anybody in the country. You know, when you have road games at Arizona, at Wisconsin, at Washington. I mean, at w- Wisconsin and Washington are two teams that I think can end up in the college football playoff and BYU's on the road in both of them. Former BYU coach Bronco Mendenhall has been in the news over the last couple of days. What do you make (laughs) of his comments in regards to scheduling at Virginia? That he was honest and he was made the comments in a public setting and maybe he regrets making those at a public setting. Maybe he doesn't. I mean, you guys, you guys know Bronco. Um, I mean, he's, he was honest. I think what he said is what a number of coaches think is that if I've got to play a power five and I'm in a power five conference and I'm already playing eight or nine, you know, conference games, then yeah. Do I want my, do I want my non-conference game against Alabama or Clemson? No, I want it against the other end of the spectrum, you know, Kansas or or Virginia for that fact, um, you know, you don't, you don't want to play those hard games every week because you just can't, you can't survive. And then also when you look around the landscape, you know, there's some debate and I would agree with it that, you know, they said to get in the college football playoff, it's based on how you schedule. Well, the committee has been inconsistent on that. And, you know, for instance, last year, Ohio state had a better, non-conference schedule. It won a conference championship. Uh, then Alabama's non-conference schedule. Then uh, Alabama certainly didn't win a conference championship, yet Alabama got in the playoffs. So I, I, I'm sure what Bronco said, a lot of other coaches think it. He's just one of the few that has actually said it in a public setting or it got out on the record. And he's one to be frank, as we learned uh, when he was here. Brett McMurphy is on BYU Sports Nation. Yesterday, you tweeted that in 2020, pending approval, there will be three new bowl games bringing the total to 43. Is there a point of saturation, or is this about making some dollars? You know, I've excuse me, I've gone back and forth on this on other committee bowl games. At this point, I'm just like, you know what? Just we, everybody cares about the college football playoff, and if you're not in that, then if they want to have 70 bowls, have 70 bowls. I don't think it really matters. Um, you know, pe- bottom line is people are going to watch them. Um, you know, and there's nothing, <laughs> nothing else going on in, in the month of December um, other than Christmas shopping. So if you want to watch them, fine. If, if you think there are too many bowl games, then simply don't watch them. Um, you know, this, this, one of the things that the NCAA Competition Committee and the Oversight Committee has done is they have taken the four-year historical average of number of bowl-eligible teams per conference, and they have capped that number. So that's actually why we're getting three more games, because based on how many bowl-eligible teams there have been in the past four years, that would support 84 bowl teams. That's 43 bowls, not including the conference, or excuse me, including the conference, or excuse me, championship, the national title game. So you would need 84 teams. Um, you know, I really don't have a problem with it. I know a lot of people do, but, you know, I'll sit there and watch it. And one of the best examples is a few years ago, Duke and Butler 
uh, played in one of the best college regular season college basketball games ever in December. And the same day, Arizona played New Mexico in the New Mexico Bowl, and it was I think that was a six and six, two six and six football teams, and the football ratings doubled the the basketball ratings. So that just tells you what what the where the interest lies. Brett McMurphy's on BYU Sports Nation. Brett, we appreciate the time. Great, great insights, and we uh, hope to chat with you soon. Okay, thanks, guys. It's Brett McMurphy on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Great perspective on all things college football. Yeah, the guy's plugged in. It's always interesting to get his take on uh, on not just the, the, the local stories in terms of BYU, but the big picture stuff in college football. And it sounds like we've capped, we've maxed out on the – Average number of bowl teams. Yes. So like forty, yeah, forty-two bowls plus the championship game, forty-three would be the the most that you could get. So congratulations, we we won't have any more. I mean, we're until, not gonna, we're not going to exceed we seven hundred like we currently have. You can play in two bowl games now. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Why not? Coming up, more of your responses on our question of the day in Voice of the Nation. And whose kids love their coaching dads the most? <laughs> Find out in today's Between the Lines. This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back. Jeremy Jordan, Jason Shepard, and Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. We're also on demand because it's 2018. Let's check out some of today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. Your boy Federico Warner is ranked as the 22nd best player on the 49ers by Chris Bitterman in Niners Wires Top 25. Head coach Kyle Shanahan says... He's very smart. He plays like it on the field. He doesn't hesitate. He's a rookie out there, but he's calling the plays, maybe even too loud, because I can hear him from the offensive side, but he doesn't mind speaking up. He's confident in what he's doing. Always nice to get the uh, props from the head coach. Brandon Davies led Zagiris Kaunas in scoring with 17 points in an 82-73 to loss to Lituvos Raitis. In game two Big rivalry with those two. of the LKL Championship Series, Davies also had five rebounds, a block, and an assist through two games of the Lithuanian League Finals. Davies is averaging 19 points and six rebounds. Game three of the best of seven series is Thursday. Elijah Bryant worked out with the Memphis, don't call us Vancouver Grizzlies yesterday. Bryant has worked out with six other teams, including the future home of LeBron James, the LA Lakers. Utah Jazz and the Boston Celtics in preparation for the upcoming draft. Still no reports as to whether he wore a shirt or not during the workout. Former baseball player Colton Mahoney pitched six innings and struck out four in a Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp win over the Biloxi Shuckers. Mahoney is 2-1 with a 2.72 ERA at the AA level. The Jumbo Shrimp. They're no ordinary shrimp, right? They're, They're Jumbo. They're Jumbo. That's great. Father's Day is Sunday. Gives us an opportunity to show a little extra love to the father figures in our lives. Today we want to pay tribute to the hardworking coaches on campus that also make an impact in the CASA. Let's go Between the Lines. BYU Sports Nation presents Between the Lines. For us, they are the faces of BYU sports, pushing the athletes, planning for opponents, and motivating the masses. But the second they walk into their houses, they're just dad. The father of BYU sports. Who would you think? Lavelle Edwards, of course. He took us to the brink. But greatness still prevails amongst our coaches today. Fathers to us all, not biologically per se. From Kalani to Dave Rose, Ed Eyestone to Guard Young, 
From Sean Olmsted to Mike Littlewood, their praises are sung. From Jetty to Bruce Brockbank, Gordon Eakin, John Brooks, not to mention Brad Pierce, these dads will go down in the books. They've made us laugh, cry, given us something to cheer for even when we're alone. But no greater influence have they had than within the walls of their own home. I'm really lucky to have my dad as somebody that I can look up to um, as an example and a role model. Me and my dad have a really close relationship. He is seriously one of my best friends. Some of my favorite memories growing up is heading to practice after school and you hitting us about 200 ground balls each. One of the things that I've learned from him is to be the hardest worker in the room, to always be there first and be the last one to leave. Happy Father's Day, Pops. We love you. What I love about my dad is that he he plays with me Legos. And what I like about dad is that he can fix things a lot. He is like another friend to me. Guard is the fun parent in, in the family. I know it means a lot to the kids and it means a lot to me too. If you're ever in the mood for a midnight snack, He'll be the first one in the truck to take you to In-N-Out, and he'll treat you. I'm thankful for my dad because of all the unconditional love he has for each and every person that he meets. He always puts the needs of others before his own. He truly is the most loving and caring person that I know. Bruce is a fun parent in our family. He's a wild and crazy guy. He's just a kid at heart. He loves to be up in the mountains with his kids, and they enjoy spending time with him. He's always thinking of me and my siblings, and he always pushes us to do better. He's a really good example on how to be kind to people. Ding! He taught me how to ride a bike. Thank you, Dad, for teaching us that we're children of God. We love you! <laughs> Happy Father's Day to all the coaches on campus, and to you too, as well. Oh, thank Happy you. Happy Father's Day, yes. For those who want to see that segment again, go to our YouTube page, BYU TV Sports, or follow us on Twitter at BYU underscore BTL. Next week on Between the Lines, we're doing Meet the Pro with standout women's golf player Rose Huang, where me, Jeremy, and Spencer get two clubs, not of our choice, to try and beat her at her own game. You're not going to want to miss it. Let's just say Rose is legit. She's legit, and let's just say the rest of us are not. Let's hope we edit this in a way that's favorable for me. <laughs> Spencer's good at the golf. We didn't invite he is Jason good at the golf, though. but he wasn't very good at the golf with the two clubs that he got. So. Yes, I drew. Show him swinging the club Swing. and then a close-up of, of the hole and the, and the ball going. Yes. And us throwing it right where yeah, we Yeah, we, we yeah. can edit that yes. uh, yeah, accordingly. We have a week. Would you consider yourself the fun parent? I had two, two wives. Say, I well, don't have the, children. He's, but... well, I, I, I know that. <laughs> but I'm just, would you consider yourself the fun parent? Uh, I'm probably the disciplinarian of the two of us. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, I would think I Someone's would be Someone's got to lay down the law. Whitney, yes. help me out. Lay down the law occasionally, please. <laughs> I feel like the dads are usually the fun parent, though, because they come the home parent? and they're like, duh, 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 I come home and I'm like, like I'm the- tired. I'm going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm, turning the, I'm turning the baseball game on. See ya. My daughter will be like, I loved my dad when he was home. Uh, growing up, he was always at BYU sporting events. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He was gone. Thanks, Lauren. Ah, thanks, guys. Question of the day. How would you sell the BYU versus Utah rivalry to the new athletic director? More of your responses coming up. Another former BYU rugby player making news. We'll talk about that a little bit later. And if you had a chance to talk to Mark Harlan, the Utah athletic director, what are you saying to him to sell the BYU-Utah rivalry? We will get to your responses after the break. This is BYU Sports Nation.
Between the Lines is brought to you by Tim Daly Nissan. Think Nissan. Think Tim Daly Southtown. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Football Media Day coming up next week, Friday, June 22nd. You can catch it on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Two hours of BYU Sports Nation, a packed show, state of the program. It's all coming up on June 22nd. Jerem Jordan, Jason Shepard, live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. The fun dads. We're the fun dads, we'd like to think. If you missed the show at noon Eastern, check out the rebroadcast at 6 Eastern on BYU TV. Our question of the day, how would you sell the BYU versus Utah rivalry to the new Utah Athletic Director, Mark Harlan? Let's go to the voice of the nation. This is the voice of the nation on BYU Sports Nation. At ESPN Myopics? Is that correct? Come on, man. BYU Super Bowl. Don't take that away from them. Is this a Utah That's got to be. What did I tell you? They're, from they're, them? They're tuning in. Sorry, your pronouns showing. <laughs> from them. But that's what I said. Uh, at Laser Sheep. How about this one? He goes with an ABC. Uh, oh, it's no D. Uh, so, ticket I, says, I wish it was like uh, Home Alone. One, D, and four. <laughs> yeah. So, a, ticket sales. You will be able to buy all of the red Pepsi cans in the world. Okay. That's a, I mean, that's a huge nice, selling nicely point. Nicely done. Two, atmosphere. That's just for you. Mm-hmm. B, atmosphere. Go to the game and tell me it's not an incredible college football matchup. And four. And, and lastly, Brigham founded both universities. Do the right thing. The Brigham Young founded the University of Utah. But he only chose 18, one to put his name on. Fifty. And then in 1875, <laughs> there was an academy in Provo. Yeah. Okay, uh, Kevin Kelly on Facebook. He shouldn't need to be sold on it. It should be a given. Well, you're right, but perhaps Mark doesn't have the history or the uh, knowledge, and you don't want him no, to base it off of Wikipedia to. or yeah. something. You would not expect him to have the history, but so, you so, get up to speed quite quickly. So you, you get a job at USF. Do you know the USF-UCF history? No. Like, someone needs like, to explain thanks it. Thanks for hiring me man. at the University on, of brother. San Francisco. Oh, this is South Florida. Wait. Oh, wait. what? I said the USF, not USF. <laughs> Also in the league. <laughs> Did you know they won the national championship in hoops twice in the 50s? Jonathan Biggs on Facebook says, we're not in the glory days of the 80s and 90s, so the sell is almost uh-huh. a guaranteed win for Utah. We have now tied for the longest win streak in the series at nine. Uh, someone just make the bleeding stop. I'm, Wait, longest win streak in yeah, the I don't, series at nine? I don't, what are you talking about? I'm it's been a little confused on that uh, No, I, I feel you that it's not the 80s and 90s, but... It's gone back and forth in the '90s, right? Uh, in the last in the last 15 or so matchups, 2000 and now, it is uh, it has been Utah heavy for sure. Guess what? There's ebbs and flows. The pendulum swings, and right now Utah in a more favorable position, not only in the rivalry but in conference affiliation and the TV money and the status that comes with that. Listen, uh, they keep sitting in the South to rise again. In that case, it's not going to happen, but. BYU is going to return to form in this rivalry at some point. The hope is that it turns quickly, that this year the streak is snapped, and that BYU can turn this thing around. Uh, my, I, the reason I brought that up in the spirit of Father's Day, my dad's from North Carolina. He always told me that when I was young. Dad, it's not the South isn't going to rise again. Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> if, if the South is the SEC, you're at the top. 
Just use it that way in college football. Well done. Politically, probably not. At B Royal Blue Coog, Mr. AD, imagine not setting any fireworks off on July 4th. Wouldn't that be disappointing? <laughs> this game is the equivalent of fireworks for each sport we meet in. Don't take away fireworks from the Patriots, Mr. AD. <laughs> that, that, that's well, well done. done. That brings me to this point. We can't have the peak performance in Lavelle Edwards Stadium be at Stadium of Fire every year, okay? It needs to come in the stadium fall. Stadium of Fire. Stadium of Fire. One Republic this year. It needs to come in the form of BYU football in the fall. Uh, and hopefully the offense and Jeff Grimes can generate more fireworks with the during the season. With the exception of the, the one blowout, these games are always close, regardless of circumstances, regardless of league. There have been two the last decade, but yes. But you understand what I'm saying. It's, yes. not like, it's not like whoever's winning is winning by 50 every time. BYU hasn't beaten Utah by double digits, I want to say, since 96. And I'm, it's you know, been a long time, It man. doesn't matter if they win by double digits or one. It's the dub. At this point... Losing seven in a row, the desperation level? Yes, that's true. That's true. Absolutely. At uh, Tyson Peterson. The rivalry has been going on for over 100 years. It's almost 100. BYU uh, counts football in 1922. Utah claims that in the 1890s they played games. BYU's like, no, 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 we don't count this. When it does reach 100 years, do you think that they'll do something like on the Today Show with like the Smuckers turning 100 years old? Probably not, but I'm excited. You know what I'm talking about? You, no. you even know what I'm talking about. No, what are you talking about? Wow. Like uh, when somebody turns 100 years old, you have Al Roker on there, and it's brought to you by Smuckers. What is this, 98? No. No, it happens still to this day. That show's still going? Yes. That's great for them. I can't believe you didn't know that. Why, why do we mock the lack of knowledge so much? Like, I don't know. This, is a, don't, this is a deal why, with him. Why are you soccering, soccer fanning me? Why don't you embrace me and say, hey, I'm going to teach you something. Instead, it's like, oh, you don't know this. Embrace? No. You Verbally? S- what? If Brian Logan was here, he'd want to, like, high five. Now that's what, I'll high five. High five. Yeah. That would be Brian, oh, so Brian Logan. Did. Teach me. Don't, don't come at me with, oh, you didn't know this. Like, I didn't know it. I didn't know this it. Now I feel dumb. That, this is something that really bothers Jerem. I, I would like us to stop mocking people for not knowing what we know. Does that make sense? Instead, say, oh, you don't know? Let me explain. In a world where uh, some people are mocked. Didn't realize that it was mocking. I just thought that that was a tradition. It was a tradition. We need a reconciliation. We need a peace summit in the spirit of Kim Jong un and (laughs) Donald Trump. We saw a trailer before. Apparently, the U.S. made a trailer. Yeah, a movie trailer about the uh, the meeting, the summit. Mark Harlan. (laughs) Let BYU play Utah. Mark Harlan. Every every year. Every year, BYU and Utah need to play this. And thank you, Jason, for explaining to me about Smuckers. <laughs> I don't know what you that do, has to do with it. You do and know what Smuckers is, right? The jam? The jam, yeah. yes. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Thanks, Jason. I feel like we came together during this segment. <laughs> Continue to weigh in, if you choose, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We will read your responses, if they're good enough, later in the show. <laughs> Coming up, Fred Warner getting some love. I felt the love. Did you during this segment? And another shirtless workout for Elijah Bryant with an NBA team. We'll tell you who. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Thanks to today's guest, Brett McMurphy. Sorry to Dennis Pitt in no time. Actually, we're not sorry. You're so mean to Dennis. I don't understand it. He's mean to us. If you You're missed, right. We need to reconcile with Dennis. You do, 
get Dennis on the show. You guys hug it out. I'd hug it out. Okay. Yeah. If you missed any of today's show, including Jeremy and I hugging it out, you can download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Coming up this week, how about Paul? How do you say it? Paul the CK? Uh-huh. Is that pretty good? Yeah. Not bad. Mm-hmm. And All American Matt Owens. Yeah. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Fred Warner is ranked as the 22nd best player on the San Francisco 49ers. This according to Chris Biderman in Niners, Niners Wires Top 25. Head coach Kyle Shanahan said, quote, he's very smart and he plays like it on the field. He doesn't hesitate. He's a rookie out there, but he's calling the plays, maybe even too loud because I can hear him from the offensive side, but he doesn't mind speaking up. He's confident in what he's doing, end quote. Cougars overseas. Brandon Davies led Zalgiris in scoring with 17 points in a nine-point loss to Leotuvos Ritus in Game 2 of the LKL Championship Series. Davies also had five boards, a block, and an assist through two games in the league finals. Davies is averaging 19-6. and six. Game 3 of the best seven is Thursday. Basketball. Elijah Bryant worked out with the Memphis Grizzlies yesterday. Bryant has worked out with six other teams. That includes the Utah Jazz, LA Lakers, and Boston Celtics, among others, as he prepares for next week's NBA draft. Cougars in the minors. Colton Mahoney pitched six innings and struck out four in a Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp win over the Biloxi Shuckers in double-A. Rugby. Kyle Sumption makes this week's Major League Rugby Team of the Week. This is the number eight. Sumption plays for the Houston Sabercats. Great nickname. Track and field. I don't know how many Sabercats are actually in Houston. BYU track alum Abraham Alvarado took second at the Portland Track Festival and will compete at the USA Championships for the third straight year. Nicely done. Today's Rise and Shout is brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. For help when you need it most, DexterLaw.com. It goes to reconciliation between two brothers in the last segment. I like that. But not for Dennis Pitta. (laughs) Our question of the day. How would you sell the BYU versus Utah rivalry to the new Utah athletic director? Let us again. Go to the voice of the nation. This is the voice of the nation on BYU Sports Nation. Weigh in on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Wayne Reiner that they beat you every year and it's an easy win. I think from the Utah perspective, it would be that you win every year and it's an easy win. I wouldn't say it's easy. I wouldn't say it's easy. Do you believe that? Moving forward, it will be easier to schedule these games with a new athletic director. Do you think? And, and no, not, I don't think it's been hard. Okay, I, I think they took two years off and ended up being one because of the Vegas Bowl. Sure, that was they took a break. They saw that maybe that wasn't the thing that the fan base wanted per se. Well, they they heard it. There's no question. Yes, and competitively, I don't know that it really matters. Like. They're, they're, why wouldn't you play this game? It's of interest to your fan base, so do it. Also, it's in-state. You want to play a road game? Forty, like It's the closest road game you could play. For someone, though, that, that doesn't have a history with it, I think you're going to rely on the opinion of others more than somebody who's been in the situation before where you have your own you know, interaction with the rivalry. Why would you come in and tamper with I agree. Tradition. I agree. If, no, I think if this, you're a new guy, I think this is a good like, thing. Not yeah, that it was a yeah. bad thing before, but I think this is a good thing for the rivalry moving forward. If I'm the new AD at uh, name name your school, you know, Texas, I'm not saying we ain't playing Oklahoma. If it was a non-conference game, um, I understand the nuances that come with this, but I don't understand why you wouldn't play it. 
Uh, Debbie Dossi Haley on Facebook. I know they're not in the same league anymore, but I always thought the rivalry was just fun. See, that's just breaking it down. It's just right. fun. Fun is not the word that everyone would use with this particular rivalry. I would not use the word fun, but because, I understand. Because it's, it is the most uh, unique rivalry in college sports in that there's a religious element, mm-hmm. right? Like, members of the church obviously are on both sides of this, some that are not with BYU and Utah, frankly. Not as many, obviously, on the BYU side, but with Utah— there's return missionaries on both sides. There's an in-state element there. There's a lot of history there. Like it is, it is so unique because of the religious element. And you have former athletes on both sides on the opposition. People have transferred yes. within schools, right? How about this one? Laura Long Stewart on Facebook. Start with "It'll be safe" and go from there. Okay. Just well, set the ground rules. It'll be safe. That wasn't even the elite voice of the day. <laughs> it's actually surprising. Continue to weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, at OPC underscore Killa is the elite voice of the day. That's a nice win streak you got there. Would be a shame if someone broke it. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. I like that one. Coming up later in the week, as mentioned, uh, Paul Asike, who's doing nice things with Team USA Rugby from Houston, uh, scored a try on Saturday against uh, the Russians, which is pretty cool. Uh, and then uh, Matt Owens, who recently uh, became an All-American, I believe, in the steeplechase. Steeplechase, yes. Uh, for the track team from... Uh, US, uh, for the BYU Cougars in Tracktown, USA. We talked about it yesterday, but I still can't get over USC's 4x400 comeback. It's unbelievable. Like, like, if, I love sports because of stories like that. that, that I tw- love it. That was tweeted out by so many people. That Talk about viral. That thing went r- viral really quick. What a comeback. Conversation continues, continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Don't forget, use the hashtag BYUSN. The show always on demand at BYUSN.com. The audio podcast is on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Lauren and Jason, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Brad Zwollen. BYU Sports Nation, back at it tomorrow at noon Eastern time.